ABC Radio Australia. Can you be more Pacific? On ABC Radio Australia. And welcome to another week of Can You Be More Pacific? My name is Sarah Nangama and I'm joined by my loyal co-host, Dean Halatau. Fakalo fala here to everyone and welcome to the show. It's great to be here once again and uh, happy Samoan Independence Day to all our Samoan listeners. Uh, it's the 61st Samoan Independence Day, so uh, we hope you have a great day. Uh, we've got a jam-packed show to get through. We'll be joined by Tongan Jewel Code International, Sally Mailangi, and we'll also have a new question for, you can ask that, what if? It's around what if, so Ooh. trying to go back in time. And also, we'll chat to the president of Samoa Tag Incorporated, JP Liotta. Love that. Bit going on. Bit going on. Sarah, what's been happening? Okay. This is one story I have for you. But I, I love when you like pause to launch into a story because I know it's oh. going to be good. She's got stories for days. But I lost my passport a few months ago. And so I'm now in the process of trying to get a new passport because there's a tour coming up for the Wolverines. And, you know, God willing, if I am selected, I do not want my passport to the re- be the reason that I do not board a plane. Anywho, I get to the post office, ready to submit all my documents. And then there was a little bit of a kerfuffle back and forth. And basically I was told that potentially I needed to apply for Australian citizenship, even though I was born here and I'm actually a citizen by birthright. Can I ask, can I backtrack to the start? Yes. Were you using your passport as ID when you were out one night? Is that how you lost it? You already know what's up, Hala. That's exactly (laughs) why I took my passport with me. I was just, I was a bit of, um, I guess, a creature of habit because when I was in New Zealand, they actually don't accept digital copies. You know how often here in Sydney we use our service New South Wales as ID. They don't accept that. They only accept hard copies. And for whatever God-forbidden reason, I lost my driver's license I don't know, at least two years ago. So I've just been using my <laughs> yeah, service yep, and so well. Yep. So basically I went to Canberra to go commentate down there and I thought, well, if there's any place that's going to be a little bit strict, it's going to be the capital. They didn't really care. They accepted my service in New South Wales, but I lost my passport. So honestly, such a rookie error and it frustrates me because there's no one else to blame but me. But my saving grace is I don't think I have to apply for citizenship because I have like an old passport within the past 10 years. Plus, you were born here. I, oh, I, my God. I know you have to prove that, but like, I, I, I'm, I'm assuming. I thought it was if you were born here, you're automatically a citizen. Well, that's what I thought. And as Nelly alluded to, who is our wonderful uh, producer, told her this story often. She goes to me, but you play for the Wolverines. I'm like, <laughs> exactly. I, I have my citizenship. Just, yeah, get, get, um, get a, a bit of video of you standing there in line singing the anthem with your teammates in a Wolverines jersey. Yes. Say, uh, <clears throat> That that's me, everyone. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, that's um my my story of the week. Hopefully next week I can come and say that I was successful in lodging it. Um, but that's me. Hello, you. Uh my my weekend last week was just kids sport. They started at eight o'clock last weekend. My it's kids getting early and earlier, and it was so cold. So I was standing on the sideline doing like, like shuttles up and down the sideline to try and stay warm. But both my kids had losses, so they didn't get um, breakfast that day. Oh, tough trot, Dad. Yeah. Well, you got to earn. You got to earn your food gotta, around here. Got to earn your food, <laughs> but that's not true. I feed them. Oh, I love that. Well, let's get stuck straight into it. NRL state of origin last night. How bloody good! Yeah, very exciting down in Adelaide um, at the Adelaide Oval, and the atmosphere looked amazing. Um, and yeah, it was a really big build up to this campaign. Both teams having little storylines about. Um, things that have gone wrong in the camp. Obviously, Latrell Mitchell, uh, a late withdrawal for the Blues or midweek withdrawal with the injury. Um, a little bit of a 
an illness or a, a sore tooth for Nathan Cleary as well leading up to the match. So there's all these little storylines that – Little niggles. Of, yeah, little niggles. Um, and then the Queensland team, as they always do, just rise to the occasion. And look, it was a, a really entertaining match. It was back and forth, a lot of lead changes. But in the end, Queensland winning 26 points to 18. And uh, I've got to say – they they played very typical Queensland style because New South Wales had all the ball. They had all the stats in their favour in terms of possession, field position, um, and, and just momentum. But Queensland just kept turning them away. Some really big last-ditch efforts uh, and also some great individual performances. Speaking of individual performances, Hamisa Tobuai Fido was incredible. In his second appearance, scored two tries. Yes, it was uh, a big effort from Hamisa. His second try was electric. Centre fielder Grant. Got a pass away finally to Munster, running across field. Munster and beats one. Then he got the pass away to the hammer. He's over the 30, over the 20. Tedesco slipped over. It's hammer time. Hammer so Tabuai Fadeau has scored an amazing state of origin try. Incredible. What I loved was seeing Fox being put on his bum because Hammer just broke the line and just put a strong right fend out and he was gone skis. Yeah, poor poor Fox. Um, and it was something out of nothing. You heard uh, Andrew Moore calling it there and uh, Cameron Munster drifting across field. They only had 12 players on the field at that point because Thomas Flegler was sinbin for a shot on Tom Trebojevic. Uh, but they shift out to the left and Hammer, so, as you say, gets the ball Great contest. You see two speedsters about to go at it. Um, he got the jump on Josh Adokar. When Adokar was trying to chase him down, he, he said, not today. right hand out, boom. And it was like really bad. It just looks so athletic. And then got to the fullback and James Tedesco went, boom, off the left foot. Tedesco goes sliding past. And um, yeah, really, uh, really good way to cap off his game. Hammerso put Queensland back in front. And then a late try to Cameron Munster off a catch by Lindsay Collins on a bomb that was kicked through. Unbelievable on his um, on his teammate in James Tedesco. Just leap, leaped above him, leapt above him, not leaped, leapt above him and uh, took, the, uh, took the ball. It was amazing. And an offload straight to Munster, science still delivered. Queensland have won on New South Wales. They, they have. Now, I guess in terms of performances, uh, Appy Croisel, I thought he was really strong in the middle for New South Wales. Um, a lot of uh, chat around his uh, his selection over Damien Cook, but um, I thought it was well warranted and, and he had a great game. Um, I thought Tyson Frizzell coming back into the fold, he played pretty tough. He didn't get a lot of opportunities, but I think he did what he was supposed to do for them. And just Queensland, Hamaso Tabuafado was outstanding. Selwyn Cobbo, a couple of tries for him. Two on, tries, on, on the what a guy. Well. So I think the Queensland's fighting spirit that New South Wales people get sick of hearing about, it shone through, unfortunately, for, for Blues fans. And uh, Queensland go back home uh, for game two uh, with a series to win, possibly. There's a lot on the line, but this is exactly what we love of State of Origin action. Now, turning our attention to athletics, a story that's been taking everyone by hold is 52-year-old Darren Young. He won gold in the 5,000-meter race. He ran this. He ran a 5K in 20 minutes and one second, which is hugely, hugely impressive. This was completed at the Samoa Games Athletics Competition at Apia Park on Saturday. Yeah, well done. Uh, this is a huge performance from Darren, not so young in terms of the field, but um, to, to be able to run that, that time you mentioned, 20 minutes and one second is is very fast. Um, but yeah, 5Ks, are you good at running 5Ks, Sarah? Like I'm heavy on the 25-minute no, that's even that's an exaggeration. I'm I'm <laughs> sub thirty, but I'm like twenty nine fifty nine. Twenty nine fifty nine. That's respectable. 
it's still sub 30. It's, that's right. Sub 30 is what you're aiming for. In the women's division, 19-year-old Patricia Brooks took out gold with 26 minutes and 31 seconds. And um, historic first, six Samoan women competed in that event. So great to see the sport of athletics getting a bit of airtime in Samoa. Turning our attention to football and the OFC Championship, uh, Champions League, I should say, 2023 final was held in Vanuatu and Auckland City took it out 4-2 against Suva. So well done to Auckland City. Another football event, Champions League. I love uh, hearing about all the different football events that are taking place around the Pacific. Yeah, a bit going on there. The Auckland City will now head over to Saudi Arabia later this year to complete and they will actually represent the whole Oceania region. So it took some time for them to be able to claim that spot, but good on them and can't wait to see what they do over there. Now over to Rugby Barbarians v World 15 took place at Twickenham Stadium last Sunday. Barbarians came out on top 48 to 42. Eddie Jones notches this one over his uh, it's safe to say rival Rivalry. Yeah, yeah, yeah they've, they've been international rivals for a little while. Yeah, yeah. Scott Hansen. So as we mentioned um, last week, there was a lot of experience within this squad, seeing the likes of Summer Karevi as well as Craig Cooper being in his fold, Israel Folau as well. Um, he, speaking of Folau, didn't receive the warmest of receptions, received a couple of boos, but uh, as Steve Hansen said, we cannot uh, continually hold this man to something that happened so many years ago. Yeah, you can't make change by leaving someone on the outside. I think that was, uh, or I'm paraphrasing a bit, that's something that Scott's, Scott said in the post-match. Scott wearing a, a pride band himself on his wrist. So obviously um, he's, a, he's a good leader by the sounds of things, Scott Hansen. Um, but yeah, you kind of expected that that may be the case, that Falau might cop a bit of negative attention in the match. He scored a try himself as well, which no doubt um, that kicked off some more booing from the crowd. Um, but as a result, 48 to 42, high scoring affair. Good to see Eddie Jones get a win um, as he looks to start his international campaign again back here with the Wallabies. Yeah, crazy to think that World Cup is only, I think, 99 days away. So 99 days. There's going to be so much rugby that's going to be happening, but uh, great to see that fixture happen on the weekend. Now over to the Oceania Women's Championship. This tournament is currently underway in the Gold Coast. We see Fijiana, Samoa, PNG and Tonga competing. Fijiana and Samoa have shown such strong performances. Unfortunately for PNG, they are yet to score a try, but this Sunday will hit round three of the competition where everyone will play their final fixtures and hopefully we can see PNG put on some points against Tonga. Yeah, they're playing uh, Tonga and we'll chat with um, Sally Malangi from Tonga later on in the show. But um, Sarah, I guess with PNG, they they haven't um, scored a try as yet in either of their matches, but it's a good opportunity for them to to develop, I guess, being on the international stage. What's the, how do you weigh up the, the balance of not competing as, as well as they would like to, but also getting exposure to some of the best teams in the world. Uh, this experience for them would no doubt be such great exposure for them to 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 feel and to recognise what happens at the international level. I think it's very deflating that they're going into these test match test matches and they're they're big such big score margins scored against them. I don't necessarily know what that does for their confidence. We saw uh, PNG compete in the Sydney Sevens earlier this year, who you know did a similar thing of trying to fight their way to be on the world stage. But I just think what they need to do as a nation is perhaps focus on one code, either be it sevens or fifteens, make that as strong as it can possibly be, and then look to to further themselves that way. I just don't necessarily think it's great for their confidence, and I don't actually know. Um, how much it's developing them, particularly if they're sitting in the change rooms, knowing that they've copped some heavy defeats. Fair, fair enough uh, and point well made. Now, former Wallaby Christian Lee Lefano uh, wants to finish his career playing for Samoa, which is 
really positive in terms of growing the game internationally and, and having the best players turn out for their, their nation of heritage. Yeah, it's incredible news. Uh, we covered last week that his teammate at Moana, Levi, has taken a contract with Crusaders because he has hopes to play for the All Blacks, where we see here Christian actually would like to put his hand up for Samoa. And I think that is kind of the purpose of what Moana Pacifica is trying to establish, is to have these players empowered to go back and play for their home nation. So it's great news. Christian is an incredible fly half, and I think wherever he goes, he will be a great asset. He certainly will. Now, up next, it's Talanoa time. Talanoa time on Can You Be More Pacific? This week for Talanoa time, we are very, very fortunate to be joined by Sally Mailangi. She's currently competing in the Oceania Rugby Tournament happening on the Gold Coast, representing Tonga. She's also donned the red jersey in the Code of Rugby League. And last year, actually, I stand corrected, in 2021, she won Player of the Year honours for South in the Women's New South Wales Rugby League Premiership side. So fair to say, the girl has a very fancy CV. Sally, thank you so much for joining us on Can You Be More Pacific? Thank you, guys. Well, let's just start with where you currently are. As I mentioned at the top, you are in the Gold Coast. So tell us, how are things looking in the Tongan camp? Yeah, it's looking good. Um, like everything behind the scenes isn't looking that great. Like we've pretty much just got our head coach flying yesterday. Um, yeah, so we've been here for about a week and a bit now. It's a two-week comp. So um, we had girls flying in like at different days because it's the first time girls have come from America. Um, and then, yeah, I had coach flying in yesterday and other girls waited on visas, but apart from everything behind the scenes, like, yeah, camp's been great, great and grateful. <laughs> great and grateful. I like that. So well, with, with the, uh, that disruption, not having your coach there and then having, um, players fly in at different times, what, what have you, how have you prepared over the last couple of weeks with those that are there? Like, is it getting sessions from coaches or assistant coaches just taking over? Yeah, well, I'm um, blessed enough to have our assistant coach here in Gold Coast. So um, luckily he's been based here, so he's been able to help a lot. He's, he stepped up as um, head coach for a bit. And, um, yeah, just luckily for him because we didn't even have physios and team doctors here. They, they're still waiting on their visa. Like, they're still not here. So he had a few connections um, that enabled us to have, like, physios on game day. That's pretty crazy to hear. And I mean, for yourself, who's had the, the very fortunate opportunity of being able to play in such established competitions like the NRL, is it a bit of a, like, how do you process that getting them thinking, we don't even have our coach here, we don't have everyone else here? Does it make you, I guess, a little bit more grateful? Or how do you process all those emotions? Because you kind of just would assume that everything would already be in place when you rock up into camp. Yeah, like, it's it's pretty hard. Um Especially with, like, this is some of the girls' first tour and for them to witness this as their first tour, it's hard to, um, like, it's hard to explain to them that, like, this is not, this is, like, a basic standard that club rugby has here in Australia. So, like, it just goes to show, like, all the girls have been saying, like, oh, just grateful, grateful. But, like, we shouldn't be grateful for that. We've come to a time, like, nowadays that like this is the basic standard for women's rugby and the fact that it's still happening at an international level it's just like it's falling for me from Tonga rugby to be honest. So what about yourself as, as someone that's played um, at different levels in different codes and has seen the different standards that that are in place do you have you taken on a little bit of a leadership role amongst the group and, and trying to en encourage as best you can the group? Yeah, I think this year especially, um, 
like Sarah knows, I'm not that leadership type. Like, if anything, I'm that annoying pest, like, that goes around Facts. in the group. Her and her so, sister Loretta. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's been, like, it was so hard for me to, like, like, Eddie, our assistant coach would be like, oh, Silly, you got anything to say? And I'm just like, like, I don't know whether to joke or if it was, like, serious moment. So, yeah, it's been a good learning moment for me um, this tour. So, yeah, I just, just grateful. Sally, I guess moving more onto, like, a positive light, it's always so special when you get the opportunity to to wear your national jersey, represent your family and your culture. How much of that has been cultivated in camp, like remembering who you're doing it for and who you're representing? Oh, yeah, a lot. I think especially us Tongan people, we always try and do it for our families or, like, us Islanders in general. So just having to hear the sacrifices a lot of the girls have made, like, I think the Americans spent, like, a day in China for a layover just to come and play here and like just the things that everyone has gone through just to make just to make it here for two weeks you know with who knows if they're going to get paid like it's just crazy just the things they do for rugby well speaking about family can you tell us a little bit about yourself and and growing up and where you're from and, and yeah what your family looks like yeah so I've grown up pretty much in a footy family like if you played netball you just like didn't fit in so um <laughs> So, like, you would get mocked if you played any other sport than football. And um, it was kind of a good thing. Like, uh, my mum's Hopawati, so um, everyone was always hard on each other. Whatever sporting factor you, like, be in, um, would be getting smashed by our boy cousin since we were young. And then, like, the rule was you can't cry. So it's um, <laughs> still been the same. And especially on my dad's family, it's, it's kind of still the same. So, um, yeah, I'm the oldest of five. Um, I have all my siblings play play rugby except for one, um, and I have a little sister at the moment playing at the Tars. Yes, I just want to touch a little bit more on your family because, well, listeners, Sally and I actually went to school together, and her dad has given me many rides back home <laughs> after we finished from gala days, etc. But Sally, just talk to us how important family is. I guess particularly when you're on this journey of the pursuit of sport, which can be so taxing. Like how how grounding is it to have a family like yours? Oh, huge. Like, um, and it's just the little things too. Like some of, I think one of the girls here actually said like, Chachu was teary half time. Like, oh, I wish my parents were here. And like, that's so you take that for granted. Like my parents flew up and then, um, my last game against Fiji and, um, like, I just like, I really was appreciative of that after hearing like the girl, one of the girls say that. And even though he gave me a growling, like at the end of the game, like as soon as I got off, he was like, Bro, you wasted my time. I was like, can we do this? <laughs> what, what was he critical uh, of? Oh, just everything. I wasted his time, wasted his, like, coming up here, even though I played 80 minutes. Like, I injured myself <laughs> first half, and I wasn't even scared for my body. I was scared, like, you better get up because dad's going to give it to you for wasting his time. <laughs> I love your dad. <laughs> Well, so uh, Sarah mentioned that you, you're also from uh, the NRLW as well. You, you played for the Eels last year. And um, I'm, the fact that you just said you played 80 minutes hurt, uh, you've played number nine at dummy half in, in rugby league. So you obviously got a good amount of fitness in you. What's the differences, I guess, for you between both sports? Oh, yeah, probably like like fitness-wise, like going back to 10 for league. Like I don't know how to explain it. I think just like um, – Con blocks for league is a lot harder than con blocks in union. And, um, yeah, I was at Para, para Eels. Um, 
with the like, like I had um, Mima and Tiana there. So they were really good. Um, they were really good leaders for me. Um, I really looked up to them while we had our. I, I played two seasons there last year, so I was really blessed to be amongst girls like that. Sally, now just looking forward um, again to this week at the Oceania tournament, you mentioned off air that all the other competing nations in the likes of PNG, Samoa and Fiji are all at the same camp as you girls. But what is the focus now for Tonga? Because I know that your next fixture is on Sunday. So what's the chat like? What's preparation looking like? Particularly now that your head coach is actually there with you guys. Yeah, preparation has been real good. He's come in and like set, set the standards for us. Like we've been kind of all over the place and um, yeah, we're just preparing the same way we did against Fiji and Samoa. Um, will be our last game. We can't take PNG lightly. Their first 20 minutes against Samoa, I think they held Samoa out. So, like, um, yeah, we just got to go in there as if we're versing, like, the top-tier team here, and that's um, Fiji. I guess uh, a question for me is uh, what about uh, for any young athletes that want to follow in your, your sort of footsteps? You've, as, as we've spoken about, covered a lot of ground in, in two different sports, but it, it wouldn't have come without a lot of hard work. Any, any advice for young athletes listening? Yeah, just go at it. Um, like go to your local club and find your love for it. You know, there's been like a year, I think it was like 2020, where I played local club footy, uh, rugby league, you know, because I just – the competing um, arena at Harvey Norman wasn't for me. So um, I found my love for rugby league back at local club footy, came back the next year and I was like, I want it at South. So it's just like, just find what you love and like just do what makes you happy and you'll get the best out of you. That is some solid advice. For those tuning in, we're chatting to Dual Code International, Sally Mailangi, who's currently at the Oceania Women's Championship, and you're listening to Can You Be More Pacific on Radio Australia and ABC Sport Digital. Sally, before you leave, we love to run a segment with our guests called Tip On. It's basically 60 seconds of rapid-fire questions. The thing is, don't think too hard. Just say the first thing that comes to your mind. Is that something that you'd be, that you'd be keen to play with us? I don't know. I'm scared. Is there like a... Like thing, if I swear, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, can, we can add that in. Yes, yeah, we, we can. We can censor oh, yeah. you if we need to. Um, all right. Well, if you're ready to play, we will get stuck into it. And the clock is on. What have you been binging lately? Oh, a chocolate. What is your coffee order? Hot chocolate. Who is your most annoying teammate? Oh, uh, Mon. Who is your sporting hero? Sunny Bill. What would be your wrestler entrance song? Ooh, I don't know, some Tongan song. <laughs> what was your favourite movie as a kid? Lion King. Who in your team is always on their phone? Oh, that would be me. What's something that you could eat for a month straight? Hot chips. Favourite place you've travelled to? Um, America. Do you have a hidden talent? No, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> what song do you play to make you feel good? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Next. Sorry. Scale of 1 to 10 and 10 being the best, how good are you at keeping secrets? 10. Who is your celebrity crush? Sunny Bill. What's your favourite drink? Um, uh, Milo. What scares you? My parents. <laughs> am, I, am I allowed to say that? Yes. <laughs> we'll try welfare combat. <laughs> I, am, I am going to send the link to this um, this week's show to your parents so they can just hear how much you've roasted them, yeah? 
Oh, my days. Uh, Sally, it's been an absolute treat for us to be able to catch up with you. Thanks so much for sharing your time with us. And we wish you and the Tongan side all the best for your fixture against PNG on Sunday. Uh, thank you so much, guys. You made this um, a lot more calm than I thought it would be. <laughs> That's all we are. We're calm, cool and collected over here. You can ask that. Your chance to ask what it's really like to be an elite athlete on Can You Be More Pacific? Time for You Can Ask That. And this week, uh, our question is around what if. So going back in the past to change something that um, you'd you'd like done differently or you'd like a different result. And I'm sure that every single person that's played any competitive sport has one or two matches that stick out in the head that, that really hurt. Um, Sarah, what's something that jumps immediately to your mind? And if you could go back and change the outcome of one game, what, what would it be? My game would be the Rugby World Cup opener between Australia and New Zealand played at Eden Park last season. If anyone remembers, I think everyone actually remembers because they thought Australia was a real chance. I certainly believed it when we were on the field. We had all the ascendancy in the first half, actually went into the change rooms with the lead over the Black Ferns, came out, um, we got a penalty pretty much right in front of our post. We had an option to kick for touch or to kick for points. And in all honesty, I think we should have kicked for touch because we were killing our lineouts and we're gaining so much momentum for it. But um, a decision between two game drivers kind of clashed and we ended up trying to look to take the points. And Arabella McKenzie, our fly half for that fixture, she missed and admittedly said herself after the game that she lost all, all confidence and it kind of just went downhill for, for us there. And you know that feeling when you're in a fixture and you know that you have all the ascendancy, you pretty much have the opposition like right where you need them to be because your team's just hissing in all the right places. I just always wonder what could have been because in that game we also had a yellow card to our captain and I just think, far out, if we could have just duplicated what worked for us in the first half, I actually think it would have been a different story for us in the second half. And still till now, Wallaroos have never won against the Blackfriends, but that could change in a few weeks' time when we head up to Brisbane. That, that could certainly change. I suppose that, like you said, the the, the opening match, how many – there was like over 40,000 there? Yeah, it, it was yeah. a record ma- uh, – record-breaking crowd was 40,000 people, which was only topped again in the final between England and Blackfern. So up the girlies. <laughs> you win that match, right? It sets up your whole tournament differently, doesn't it? Because you, you take down the Blackferns on home soil in front of so many people, like a, a record crowd. And then it's a really – it's a it's a big moment to, to take and change because, yeah, I reckon that sets us up completely different. Oh, definitely. So that's one game that will always stick to me. Like what would have happened if we actually just kicked for touch as opposed to take the points, which we actually didn't even get anyways. We didn't get the points when we kicked for it. So it is what it is. We live and we learn. Yes. Hashtag grateful. <laughs> what about you, Hala? What would be one fixture? A little bit similar in terms of it's on the international stage. is a 2006 tri-series um, that I played in for the Kiwis. And we it was played down here in Australia and New Zealand across both both countries. And we played in the final against uh, the Australian team at the Sydney Football Stadium. It came down to, I think we got into extra time. Yeah, we did got, in, we got into extra time. And uh, so golden point. Uh, and there was a try scored by Darren Lockyer on the bell. Um, Jonathan Thurston cut through the line, picked up Darren Lockyer. He scores under the post. The Australian team beat us to win the game. Um, and it sticks out in my mind because I've never beaten – I'd never beaten the Australian team. Like Similar to yourself, never beating the Black Ferns. I'd never beaten the Australian team in my whole international career. I think I played them maybe uh, seven times for no wins. So Wow. 
that was the closest I got. We had a really good tournament. Um, we played some some great games. We smashed um, England in the the, the lead-in match to that final, and we were like we were humming as a group. We just were doing everything really. All our game plans were strong. Um, we had some good philosophies around the way we wanted to play, and we our coach Brian McLennan at the time had us all singing from the same song sheet. So we went into that final really confident good team um, and against a really strong Australian side too. Like if you talk about having Darren Lockyer and Jonathan Thurston in the same side. It's pretty elite. It's pretty elite. So for them to, to be the guys that, that took us down in the end, you kind of expect that from those guys. But yeah, really bittersweet. And I remember, like I haven't really watched the game in full back because it hurts so much, but I remember that that occurred on the inside of me, like that line break. And I, I was always reluctant to go back and go, oh, did I actually miss – like a, a tackle that led to so that. So you haven't faced that demon is what you're telling no, me. No, I, I looked back on it and it wasn't me. Okay. So, not That's a that bit I, of a shaggy reference. It wasn't me. It was, <laughs> not, that I, not that I wanted to be, uh, you know, to pass it on to one of my teammates, but yeah, it wasn't me. So I was grateful that I didn't, I wasn't the one that cost You can sleep a little bit better at I night. I sleep a little bit better. I haven't since 2006. So that's my one. Great insights. Go back and change that. Great, great insights. Well, if you have a question, please feel free to hit us up. We're both active on the gram. My handle is at Sarah Nangama and Dean's is at Dean Hallitow. Can you be more Pacific on ABC Radio Australia? Oh, my God. You're with Sarah and Dean talking all things sport across the Pacific. Stick around, we'll spotlight our favourite socials, but up next, we'll head to Samoa with JP Lata to talk about the growth of Samoa Tag. Joining us for Island Life, we're very lucky to have JP Liotta. He is the president of Samoa Tag and he's here today to share with us a little bit about what's going on. JP, thanks for joining us. No, no worries. Thank you. Thank you for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. JP, I'll get uh, you to share with the listeners a little bit about Samoan Tag and, and your role as president. Uh, choice. Um, well, first of all, um, Samoan Tag, um, we've been around for uh, six years now. Um, we're um, um, endorsed and sanctioned from our um, sporting body and also our, uh, our government uh, to perform uh, the duties of the sport of Tag. Um, so we've been around for for about six years now, um, since our, our launch uh, back in 2018, I think it was. Um, my role, um, obviously, um, I'm uh, the president of Samotag. Um, uh, what I've been doing lately with um, with our board for the last six years, um, we've put it into uh, uh, three phases. Like our first phase was uh, our development. Um, so that's just getting a grassroots tag up and running, getting our competitions running getting our referees up and running so um, we can perform these tournaments at a, at a higher level. So, yeah, it's been a very uh, busy year. Um, just as as, as we're, um, we're having this conversation before, that we, we just finished um, marching in the 61st um, Samoa Independence Day. So it was a very busy um, busy day, a busy morning for Samoa Tank. Certainly sounds like a busy day. You speak about how it has been around for about six years. What are some of the big changes that you've noticed within um, someone tag? Yeah, oh, no, that's a thank you for that. That's an awesome question. Um, well, these are I, I always compare styles of play. So, like um, back in the islands, especially Samoa and the Pacific Islands, we've we've tried and um, uh, we play the game and what's in front of us and use their their, their, their natural flair. Um, 
But over the, the, the years we've had these two-wheeler tournaments, we see teams come from overseas with, with structure. So our teams are starting to adapt to those sort of uh, plays and his roles. So um, as, as the years went by, the flair started to go out, but the structures and set plays starting to come in. So that's, that's pretty pleasing for, for us as well. And the players, uh, they're doing their homework as well. The coaches, they're going away. They're studying other teams, studying tag overseas. And, you know, and it's pretty cool, good fun. JP, I guess uh, that that takes me to a question uh, for yourself. Have you yeah. um, looked overseas to see how tag competitions run, um, and and taken some stuff back for um, for your own competitions? Um, no, no, not really. Um, well, I, I've seen the uh, I've seen the style um, of play overseas, like um, New Zealand and Australia, and then, and then we just compared to to what we have here. Um, I think um, what I can what I've been preaching to the players now is just more being patient with them. You know, they're always rushing things. They, they want to score the first tag instead of, you know, going through your sets and all that, complete your sets and, and all that sort of stuff. And I think that's the, the big change of attitude that I have now with, with our association and the clubs now, especially coaches. Um, they're asking their players to be more patient. Um, you know, the don't score, you know, your first tag, be patient and things will, will come into place, fall into place. I think that's a, a common message preached at every level of the game, that you don't have to score for the first <laughs> phase. Just try and build and oh. eventually get some momentum off that. Uh, we've spoken about oh. your, your players of, that you currently have. Have you got anyone to name that has kind of been a superstar over the past few years and you expect big things to come of them? Yeah, we, we, we've got a few. So um, so ever since Tags has uh, been around uh, more uh, for the last six years, we, we've had a few players represent uh, more in the seventh circuit, so they've transitioned from playing tag into the sevens, and then we and then we 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 still you know in Ireland I always say we've got some natural flair, natural talent. So right now we've got like talent right throughout the whole um, for our, our clubs, and they're just the games are harder, the games are harder now, and the, the teams are they know who they the star players are, the the danger players, and they're starting to to break them down, shut them down straight away. So we've got a few players on the radar, not only for um, tag, but in um, other codes as well that uh, can be detected from from tag. JP, what about your your domestic competition? How how is it going in terms of numbers? How many teams have you got playing? And and I guess what's what's the structure of the competition at the moment? Um, yeah, cool. Thank you. Um, well, every year, um, every year we've we've got a tournament that. Um, so obviously, Tawila Tawila Tag, our international Tawila Tag, is the pinnacle of of our calendar events. So what we do is we we pretty much have uh, tournaments leading up to Tawila. So we're building them right up to Tawila. So right now we've got um, we've we've got we start off with two one day tournaments just to bring all the clubs back in, get into the use, uh, you know, to the systems and all that sort of stuff. So it's called the Vodafone Series. So we have two one days, and then we lead into our our Tola Tag Series, which is about like six weeks, eight weeks of of, of tag. Um, we we usually our numbers are growing every year, so we've added another four new teams into our uh, our club our scene this year, um, which, which takes up to about twelve. I think we've got twelve clubs playing this year for for, to, uh, for Tola, uh, but then. We had to turn away some other clubs as well because they came in late. So um, we're, we pride ourselves on time. So we, we want to get all our clubs playing on time. So um, 
So it was pretty cool. It's so cool to hear how much interest our tag has been able to gauge over the past few years. You've spoken about the Tula Tag Series, but we know also coming up in in October is the first ever regional nationals, which will be held between American Samoa and Samoa. How much are you looking forward to that um, as well as everyone else? Man, that's an awesome question. Um, Well, that's, again, um, that's the first for us as well because it's part of our um, our government. Uh, two governments between American Samoa and um, and Samoa, so we've they've got um, development plans for not only education but in sports as well, and then we've gone that route as well to promote tag through our through our government. So we've we've got first nationals in, held in New Zealand, um, and we've got um, we've got a lot of regions from that are underneath our Samoa tag umbrellas playing as for both Samoa and American Samoa. So it's pretty massive for us in terms of our calendar events. We're chatting with JP Liotta, the president of Samoa Tag, and you're listening to Can You Be More Pacific on Radio Australia and ABC Sport Digital. JP, what about yourself? Do you have a background uh, in, in either rugby or, or league or tag? Did you have a love for the game um, for a long time? Yeah, yeah. My background, um, I did a bit of, uh, you know, a bit of kicking the ball around back in New Zealand. I used to play rugby back in New Zealand. Um, and then I came over to uh, uh, Samoa and I played for uh, Samoa. Um, so, uh, but I also played a bit of uh, representative Samoan touch as well. So it's pretty cool. But uh, I, I always said to um, uh, some of the coaches back in Samoa, I wish we had tag back in our days because our, our boys would have been really skillful and the skill sets they used from tag would have been useful in, in rugby, netball, soccer, those sort of sports. So it's pretty cool. What I'm hearing is if if this existed back when you first started playing, I think it'd be over for everyone because you'd just be tearing it up with all your mates. <laughs> <laughs> we're, a bit, we're a bit old school, so I, I, I mean, like the, the game set, yeah, um, I mean, the skill sets would have been cool, but, you know, so us old fellas, eh, we, we're quite quite stubborn, so we were, the referees would have had a field day with us. <laughs> <laughs> And just lastly, no doubt there's been so much interest um, towards Samoa Tag, but if there was anyone that was sitting on the cusp of considering whether what they wanted to get involved in the sport or not, what would one piece of advice be um, to help them get involved? Uh, you know, um, obviously Tag is a, a no-contact sport, you know, and it's for everyone. Um, we, we, we've we got a program in Samoa for our, our schools. It's called Stop the Violence and Stop the Bullying in Schools. And so we use all the morals that we have for tag into, uh, and we apply it to our school kids. Uh, you know, stopping the violence. You shouldn't be fighting in the game of tag because it's a non-contact sport. So all the morals of the game is, you know, we can apply it in our daily lives. So it's good. And that's why I always tell our kids and our players, um, you know, you, you, you come here to, to, to play, play hard, use your skills, God tell it from and then at the same time, place there, yeah, and then you know, apply all those morals into your game, and you you should be good. I love that. That's that's awesome that you're using tag as a vehicle to create social change and to um, create fairness, I guess, as well on on the sporting field. So uh, that's that's uh, an awesome, awesome initiative. No, uh, no worries. Well, we well, we've got a we're teaming up with um, our NRL Samoa that's based here in Samoa, and we're using all these well our our view 
our message for TAG is is through our kids, our through our primary schools and intermediate. Um, we see um, bullying a, a big factor not only in Samoa but across the world. So, and we're using the TAG uh, rules and the morals that we apply in, in TAG to into our um, our daily lives. So it's pretty cool. JP, it has been such a treat for Dean and I to be able to catch up with you on Can You Be More Pacific with everything that you've got in the pipeline and everything else that is still yet to come later this year. We wish you all the best and cannot wait to see how TAG continually evolves in Samoa. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Can you be more Pacific? Keeping it social. There's a bit going on on social media and this is a time for us to talk about what took our eye the most. Hello, I'm just going to lead on this one. Go for it. So I'm a really big fan of social media. We know this. Yes. New South Wales Blues media team, to me, are the creme de la creme of social media right now. On top. They are on top. First place. First place. They did a little bit better than the boys last night. Ooh, <laughs> too soon, too soon, too soon. But all of their content has been electric and I feel like I'm right there with the players and that's essentially what you're supposed to do when you're a part of the social media team is provide access. And I feel like I have access to Millie Boyle, to Jerome Luai. I know that they got a new speaker. I just feel so across it all. A New South Wales theme speaker. Graffiti style. Yeah. Like, yeah. come on now. Yeah. They could have just been basically giving them a black one, but no, they gave them a whole speaker that was customized. <laughs> so I actually don't have one in particular that's um, a favorite for the week, but I just want to kind of gas up their social media team and say, y'all are doing the most and I really see it. So jump on and just scroll. Just, just scroll. Keep scrolling. Have a scroll. You give yourself 10 minutes. Yeah, okay. They're posting about six posts a day. That's another thing. Oh, just incredible. <laughs> Anywho, what about you, Helen? What do you find? Well, as we know, it is Samoan Independence Day and it's also Samoan Language Week and Moana Pacifica have taken to their social pages with a number of their players contributing some uh, Samoan Language Week um, of phrases, or they're, they're trying to share uh, some translations for for the audience. So this is on the Moana Pacifica um, Instagram page, Tomasi Alosio and uh, Niria Formai. Uh, they've um, put up some language lessons for uh, the people, the public. Have a listen. Oh, what do we say first? Talofa. The theme for this year for the Samoan Language Week is... I forgot. <laughs> the theme for Samoan Language Week this year is... The theme for Samoan Language Week this year is... Mita mita longangana, mawa manga, which means be proud of your culture and grounded in your identity. O upu so. The words for today are savali, which means... Walk. And samoe, which means... Run. Savali Matamoe, walk and run. Yeah. Good to see the boys having a bit of fun. Yeah, that's so, it's actually so heartwarming to me when I just hear like the cackles in the background. <laughs> you know everyone's standing behind making fun of them. 100%, yeah. and that's just the part that made footage. <laughs> Pacific on ABC Radio Australia. Sarah, there's lots to look forward to this weekend in sport. What are you looking forward to? 
Well, top of the list has to be Pickleball. The Tonga Pickleball Association will host a indoor three-day tournament that actually kicked off yesterday and will finish on the 2nd of June. They're hosting over 100 players um, that will come from 20 local clubs. So Pickleball, I didn't know about Pickleball. I now know what Pickleball looks like. Um, but apparently it's a big deal over in Tonga. It's growing, right? Like, so I, I didn't know either, but randomly the other day on my feed, uh, on, on Instagram comes up a pickleball competition and I'm watching it. I've never heard of pickleball, but all of a sudden it's just a big crowd. Well, maybe not. It's all of a sudden to me, but to others, it's, uh, it's been around for a while. Um, strange game. Strange so game. For anyone that doesn't know what it looks like, it's basically, think about table tennis. That's kind of the, the, what would you call that? The table. That's what it looks like. Yeah. And then the bat looks like a handheld mirror. Okay. The so shape of it, but obviously stand, it's plastic. You stand on a table tennis table with that mirror. No. Oh, I've you got pl- it wrong, man. You- <laughs> our, our listeners are much more clever than you are, I'm so I'll leave that playing. to them. It's You're- like a miniature tennis court. Yes. Using paddles that look like mirrors, and it's kind of a hybrid between badminton, actually badminton-sized courts, um, similar to tennis and table tennis. So, yes, that's um that's exciting to see what will come of it. Over to football, Vanuatu will be cheering for the Central Coast Mariners in the A-League Grand Final this weekend because one of their own, 29-year-old Brian Kautak, will be playing for the Mariners. Yeah, he's playing his first A-League Grand Final for the Central Coast and they're taking on the Melbourne City uh, FC. Melbourne City um, have had a lot of success in the A-League. Uh, Central Coast is sort of a, a re-emergence of them, but well done to Brian uh, getting his opportunity to play in that grand final. His coach has got a big rap on him in terms of his athleticism, um, says he is someone that will keep developing and who knows will he'll, where he'll end up. Hopefully, and this is not to, to um, disrespect the A-League, but you know there might be opportunities to play in one of the bigger European leagues as well, um, but playing in a grand final. Good luck to Brian this week, although I have a friend that plays for Melbourne City, so I've got like half a soft spot for Melbourne City. So what you're saying is you're going to win either way? Well, I'm happy to see Brian play this week for Central Coast. But I'm also happy but to see my, my friend. if my friend wins, I'll be high-fiving him, back-slapping him. Oh, yep. you're a Swi- you live in Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> um, also sticking with soccer, the inaugural IFC Women's Champions League kicked off in Port Moresby today. Yeah, this is hugely exciting to see the girls get an opportunity. We just saw the men's wrap up their uh, their version of this tournament. So now it's all about the girls. So no doubt over the following weeks, we will uncover their results. Turning our attention now to Super Rugby Pacific, we are in the final round. Round 15, Hala, 15 weeks of rugby. You say that like it's like a drag. Oh, no, I say it like far out we made it. (laughs) Okay, we made it to the end. Yes, we did. So this is actually really exciting because obviously there are some teams like the Melbourne Rebels who have been very inconsistent but are a mathematical chance that will have their work cut out for them going up against the Brumbies who are undoubtedly the best Australian side. So that fixture will kick off on Friday. Draw v Reds, this we played up in Queensland. Draw have been very, very fortunate to have a successful trot over in Silver, but let's see if that uh, favour plays out for them on Australian soil. And Waratahs v Moana, this will be played at Sydney Football Stadium on Saturday evening. For the Tars, this is quite a momentous occasion because Michael Hooper will play his last game for the Tars at Sydney Football Stadium in the Sky Blue jersey and Moana is still searching for their first win. So I think for Moana, they're just going to come across to Australia and want to sussa 
the opposition. <laughs> and Waratahs will be up for the challenge after losing to the Crusaders last week in Christchurch. So I reckon this week's going to be some some cracker footy. There, there will be. You know when you said mathematical chance? Have you ever been in that position, Sarah? You've never been in that uh, position, eh? No, I remember a few years ago I was at Nationals and I just like, I don't understand it because like, oh, if they if they win and that person lose but needs to be yeah. by these many points, like to you're, in tr- me, you're in trouble when you start thinking about that stuff. A hundred percent. So much so last week I was on co- in commentary and I, I messaged the host, <laughs> Nick McCartan, and I said to him, hey, mate, don't ask me about the ladder. I don't understand anything about it. <laughs> that's, that's how much I want to steer clear of ladder standings. <laughs> Jumping over to the NRL and it's round 14. Uh, games that off the, off the back of origin, it's always interesting to see how players back up. But games that I'm really looking forward to, the Tigers against the Raiders on Friday. I keep mentioning Tigers games because they're on the upswing. So I'm, uh, I'm right behind the Tigers. But tough game against the Raiders. That's at Campbelltown. Warriors versus Dolphins. I've loved the way the Warriors have played this week. They were unlucky against some Broncos in Napier last weekend. But they still got a lot of good footy in them. And they're coming up against uh, the Dolphins that the feel-good story of the year in the NRL. Um, that one is in New Zealand at Mount Smart Stadium on Saturday. And the other Saturday fixture I'm looking forward to at Shark Park, which has sold out. Uh, it's a reduced capacity at Shark Park because of the building that's going around there, but still sold out early in the week, Sharks versus the Broncos. So this is two teams right up the top of the table. Looking forward to seeing that roll out on Saturday. But right in front of us tonight, the State of Origin women's match, which will be played at Western Sydney Stadium. Looking forward to seeing the Sky Blues take on the Maroons. I'm Sky Blues all the way in this fixture. A hundred percent. I cannot wait to see the girls ruby. And I actually will be there tonight. I will be there too. Oh, amazing. You yes. and I, you will see me, hear me. Uh, are you doing some stuff on the ground? Yes, I'm that person. Oh, wow. Wow. I'll sit there with my daughter in the crowd and say, hey, I know her. Hey, that's my co-host. <laughs> we run a really fantastic show on ABC together. Yeah, listen in, Taylor. I know you're not listening at the moment, but listen in, please. (laughs) No, but it's hugely, hugely exciting. All of this action will take place over the weekend, but don't forget you can catch Andrew Moore and the Grandstand Rugby League team calling all the games on Radio Australia. Well, that brings us to the end of the show, but we'll be back same time, same place next week. Don't forget you can find all of our episodes on the Radio Australia website or wherever you listen to your podcast. More there. What's all the gear? More Pacific, an ABC Sport production for ABC Radio Australia. This program has been funded by the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade.